0: Right, yeah, I had a kid. That's the last bit that gets mentioned. So, episode 114 of the Mike Wright's podcast. Uh, I am really, really glad to be back talking about Leeds, even though we only missed a week, and I'm sure that all eight of you really missed us. I'm good. And how is Casey? Yeah,
1: not too bad, now that the real football's back.
0: Yeah, it makes such a difference, because international breaks, God, they're dull. They're just so boring.
1: Like, I'd love to... I was having this conversation the other day, I'd love to know what it's like to support like Brazil from like ninety eight to two thousand and four. Sort of like Spain in the late two thousands. Like that sort of you know when you just when you support a team that's good, but then when they go to a major tournament, you know they're gonna be good there as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, international breaks are bowling. International tournaments aren't I love them.
1: Yeah, I, like, but I want like I try and I wonder if as a Spain fan you'd be maybe not now, but like just be more enthusiastic through the qualifying and just be like, yeah, this is brilliant. We're just better than everyone else. Yeah. Whereas with us, it's like, yeah, this is bad, but Jesus, we're fucked if we play France.
0: Yeah, this is really. This could be really fun if we didn't insist on just playing three at the back and two defensive midfielders.
1: Who needs Declan Rice anyway?
0: Yeah, Declan Rice is fine. You just, as much as obviously we'd all pick fi, as much as obviously we'd all pick Phillips. I it's just playing both of them that I can't get my head around.
1: No, <laughs> no, es, especially the. I think it really hurt with the Albania game when you're like, look, I know we have to show respect to these teams, but really, Albania, do we need the two holding mids for this? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I think Leeds could have probably got away without any holding mids uh, in their last win. 2-1 win against Sheffield United at the weekend. It was good to be back. Um, This was a pretty solid performance, solid win. It it should have been more comfortable than it was, though, I reckon.
1: Yeah, uh, it it very much felt like a performance where you'd kind of say job done more than anything else, not to hark back to Billy Davis or anything, but... um, yeah, we did what we had to without really going any further, it felt like.
0: Yeah, so we just had a comment of Alex Benison saying, put Rice in centre-back, problem solved. Someone's been watching or Bielsa.
1: No, someone's been watching Eric Deer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, this it was weird, this game, because uh, we, were, we were incredibly comfortable throughout, I thought. There was only the quote unquote leadsness of it all that made me think they're gonna end up nicking an equalizer here. Like actually just if you were looking at the game without the superstition and stuff, they never actually looked like scoring. And even when they did score it was only because we shot ourselves in foot. But the uh, it wasn't us missing loads of chances, it was us missing loads of key passes that would have created a chance. Like, we had yeah. four or five breaks that were three on two or four on three, but we just got completely wrong.
1: Yeah, we ju- we were just lacking that sort of final through ball to to connect everything, which, you know, the, I think, Bam- like, obviously, Bamford looked very frustrated when he came off. Um, it was about the hour mark, wasn't it? Um, but, honestly... He did, I don't think he got a right set. I think I think he was probably a little bit off it as well. But he also probably wasn't getting the service that he needed, especially for a game like that.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll go for uh, Obviously, Leeds started pretty well. Uh, got a goal. I, it was around about 10 minutes in, probably just longer. Uh, there was some good work from Llorente at, at the back, bringing the ball out well. Played it into Dallas. Went for a 1-2. Uh, and the Rafinha's pass back to him wasn't very good but Dallas obviously doing the things that he's really good at won the ball back well got it into Roberts and Roberts into Rafinha Rafinha great, good little turn gets into the box and puts it absolutely on the plate for Jack Harrison so much so that Rafinha had time to turn around and look at the camera before Jack Harrison <laughs> even scored because yeah, he's it. cool as fuck
1: <laughs> yeah didn't he know it didn't he know it with that pass um yeah, just, we just, carved, it just carved them open, and it wasn't especially hard. Um, and it's just a little bit of a shame that we we weren't just doing this time after time against them.
0: Yeah, because I feel like on a day where we were playing well, I think that we could have just done it time after time after time, but if we were at his best.
1: Yeah, but the, the key thing about this goal is that I did remember to back Jack Harrison, first goal scorer, for that game.
0: Oh, well, that's good because normally you're like me because you always back the same thing. It normally only happens when you forgot.
1: Yeah. And it has several times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, I mean, we were, it was complete dominance really after this. You know, they had a few shots from distance and stuff, but we were all over them. And then right on the stroke of half time, ball played forward into Athena. Who and look, I'll forgive him for it straight away because I love Rafinha and that he tries things like this is one of his biggest strengths. But he tries this little flick in middle of midfield, he's got three options towards the left side of the pitch and he flicks it to the right wing and just gives it away. And all the Leeds players are breaking forward at the exact time. And they, Shevy United, just presented the ball with like what appears to be about a six on four advantage. They play it to Ollie McBurney, who I mean, in the championship, I thought was quite decent, but and even last season, I said I'd have said he was all right. Oli McBurnie appears to be a cart horse now. (laughs) It was absolutely
1: useless. Uh, Uh, To to be honest, I thought he sort of looked like someone's girlfriend when they when like you've got a girlfriend that's a bit shorter than you than you and she wears your football shirt, such as the shortness of his shorts.
0: Well, uh, yeah, but but Rafinha likes a fairly short as well. Well, wow. so I'm not going. To he's he's got a lovely there. town
1: that he needs to maintain,
0: though. Yeah, um, yeah. They broke through. McBurney has the shot. Calvin Phillips slides in and makes a really good block, but Ben Osborne's got a tap in from five yards out. Uh, I, I'd love to say there was an attempt made to block it on the line, but if you stood four yards <laughs> behind the line, I don't, I don't think it actually counts as an attempt to block it on the
1: line. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What it was a real... with Luke Ailey. Did 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 Luke Ailing just? get there too like too fast and couldn't stop himself.
0: I think it's one of them, you know, when it, if you're at the far post, if you're running back to get to the line, he'll have timed his run to get to the line when McBurney shot. So if it yeah. went right through, he's in position to block it. But obviously, it's then deflected away, and he's still going that way. So he's, he's basically in the back of the net by the time the shot happens. Is There's not really a great deal he can do. Uh, but, you know, there's no blame on that. But Like There was a few people saying that Cooper lost his man in the build-up to it, but the problem is he had two men the whole time after we were left short. So, you know, it's by no means much of an issue, but it's got to go down as Rafinha's fault. That's that one, I'm afraid, for me. Uh, Obviously, they hadn't been in the game at all. That was their only shot on target, and it would continue to be their only shot on target. We get into a good position, and they get that bit of hope with that goal just before half-time. And you just think, ah, God, we really don't need that. You just need an early goal to get yourself back in front and sap that little bit of confidence they might've got. And that's exactly what we got.
1: Lovely assist from Jack Harrison.
0: Yeah. Uh, like Ty- Tyler Roberts obviously played the ball into Athena before the first goal, and he played a brilliant crossfield ball to Jack Harrison and build up to this one as well. He had another good game, did Roberts? Not quite as good as the last one, but he had another good game. Uh, great cross from Jack Harrison, and wait, I'm gonna mention it because I I haven't seen the League United version of the highlights yet. Apparently, Bryn Law was calling him like Yegelka, and everyone was going, "Well, where's that come from?" But I believe that's pretty close because isn't it actually Yegilka?
1: Yeah, I think you'd mentioned this to me the first time I heard it. That you, I think you'd been watching a live game and he was in the studio and they threw and it was like joined here by Phil Jagielka.
0: Yeah, I think I think I saw. You know, at the start of every season they send a video out of every player saying their own name and they send it out to all the media. I'm yeah. sure that Phil Jagielka says Phil Jagielka. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Phil Jagielka. His nickname's fucking Jags. <laughs> <laughs> Not Yags.
1: <laughs> this is, I was going to say, it's a lot more controversial now than Andy Cole briefly becoming Andrew Cole. This is yeah. this is a complete different pronunciation of a man's name. which I don't know if he got to a certain age and he went, this has gone on long enough now. My mum's actually ashamed of me. Like, yeah. I've got to tell them my real last name.
0: Yeah. But, um, it, I mean, it's not great defending when you score a young goal, but he, it was one of them he had to put something on Yeah. It was. A, it, I'd, I'd prefer to just say it's a really good cross from Jack Harrison.
1: I'd, say, I'd want to ask you about this actually. I don't know how much you've seen of it on um, the the Leeds United Twitter account. Basically, going, you know, fantastic strike from Phil Yagielka.
0: Oh yeah, that that was just unfortunate. I think this one because they've deleted it, haven't they? Yeah. Like it's referencing because I think that when he's because he smashed one in against us, didn't he? And that was the commentary line. Yeah. Years ago. And they just did it as a joke. Like, as with a lot of the things that we've out, was there any need? Probably not. But I, I think in any other situation, that's absolutely fine. It's harmless. It's, hmm. You know, I, there's, some people don't like the sort of bantery way of doing things, but it does appear to work in terms of getting social engagement and stuff. And I just don't, I'm sure that had they realised that his brother died this week and all of that stuff, that they wouldn't have done it. I mean, that's why they deleted it. true. I didn't realise. I had no. no idea. I had no idea until I saw a lot of very reasonable Sheffield United fans, assuming that they that Leeds didn't know. And a few less reasonable Sheffield United fans going, look at him taking the piss out of him because his brother died. Which is a hell of a read.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was, it was it was a strange. It was just a strange, like you say, seeing some some people's reactions, and you know the club took the tweet down. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, just everything was reasonable, or reasonably yeah. dealt with afterwards. Yeah, Bye. it was
0: it, it was just unfortunate timing. You know, it it happens every now and then if you're going to do things. Like, I mean, you know, maybe they should have checked something like that beforehand. But hmm. as I say, it's not like it's not like a lot of them where I'll see something like that in the media on Twitter or something and I'll go, well, they should know that because I wasn't paying attention and I knew that this one, I didn't know that. And I'm sure that it was well publicized and stuff in Sheffield based media, but I'm guessing it just didn't travel as well as some, I have I'm not going to mention why, because I promised I wouldn't, but I've also been a bit busy. Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah. Um, not as busy as uh, Sheffield United's defence were, though, throughout the rest of this game. We really were all over. And but there was only that Brewster shot from distance that had me even slightly worried.
1: Mm. Yeah, there was. I think we had two efforts in the last sort of 10 minutes that were vaguely threatening. But um, no, like you say, we, we were just on top of them the whole time in the second half and just. If if it was just that through ball, was there?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, Roberts had, I think, one or two where he didn't quite get it right. So did Harrison. Rodrigo had a couple. Rafinha had a couple where he had a really good chance to break and it didn't really work. We just didn't seem to quite be there with that ball. And it's such a shame because it it was a bit like there was a lot of breaks and the breaks were, you know, really similar to, you know, when we Newcastle fight uh, at home. Yeah. And we just kept breaking at the end from their set pieces. Well, these were even more open from their own set pieces. Like, if every if, if they didn't get a head one goal, Leeds were having an attack. It was wide open, it was Leeds' levels of wide open.
1: <laughs> the, the, the best thing was, I think, how many chances we created from their corners, yeah, which was quite relaxing for a change.
0: Yeah, it was really odd to see. us. I, I'm not actually sure if we just def- if we defended set pieces better, or if it's just that Sheffield United are that shite. That even against us, they look bad at set pieces.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look through. Like, if you look through that team now, I'm trying to think who I would have in. Is there anyone in the start that you'd have in the starting lineup ahead of our fully fit squad? In our starting lineup, no. No. Uh
0: like I don't think he'd be right fit for lead. Because John Lundstrom's on a free at the end of the season, I'd maybe have him to be in the squad.
1: But Yeah, I mean I quite like um I think it's Ethan Ampadu I quite like. Yeah. But again, that, that would be a a future purchase more than anything else.
0: Yeah, if we if we weren't well stocked at right back, Jaden Bogle's pretty decent. But, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Like, I mean, Ramsdale's fairly highly rated, but he's had a bad season, and I don't think he's even close to Melier.
1: No. Um, if it
0: if it was a lot, if it hmm, actually, how old is he? Are
1: you t- Are you gonna say we should have Billy Sharp back?
0: Yeah, definitely. No, like, if if it was twenty three instead of twenty nine, there's an argument you could make Norwood into a foreshore type. Well, injured. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> Uh, Jason Middleton said, Sheffy United are woeful at set pieces this season, to be fair, as they are at everything football related, which is fair. But you say that there's a certain man who completely disagrees with our reading of the game. And that is formerly of this parish and apparently well-respected coach, Paul Heckingbottom. Now, I'm sorry, assuming... Sorry, that, at first I, I thought you meant Connie. No, I am assuming that you saw his quote after the game, I
1: don't think I have actually. I think I've, I've just tried, kind of tuned hecking but I'm out.
0: Right. Quote, and I'm going to make it come up on the screen. Leeds were making subs to try and live with us. What fucking game were you watching?
1: <laughs> Jesus, um,
0: I'm not. I'm not going to get into his wit ball. We out ball because we're not going to do it as well as the square ball
1: did. No, <laughs> but. Um.
0: Like, that is just a spec... Like, that is...
1: That's Alistair Campbell than, levels of spin, is that?
0: No, I was going to say that's worse than, like, some of the stuff. You know when Warnock used to say, well, you know, lads have done well today, and we've been terrible. <laughs> well, this is like that. Just, oh, they, they, you know, they were having to make these changes to live with us. No, we, we were in first gear and comfortably better than you. Um... We've actually skipped over a fairly big thing in the game, which is the last thing that we'll talk about in this one. But how the fuck did uh, George Baldock not get sent off?
1: Yeah, it was very... I mean, obviously, the tackle looks horrendous when you see it just live because Tyler Roberts ends up landing on his shoulder doing a somersault. Yeah. And And you kind of worry about him breaking his neck for a second and then... And obviously play like play is allowed to continue because you're yeah, an advantage, bit, so that's fine. That
0: bit that bit is good referee.
1: But <laughs> it's it's as if like if there was no VAR, you'd say it's as if the referee has forgotten due to the injury or due to the concussion. Mm-hmm. But there is VAR. And we look and Yeah, you know, we're all sat at home watching it, seeing Tyler Roberts been turned inside out from about five different angles. And clearly, at no point has anyone at Stadio Park said, "I think you need to take a look at this again," yeah. or, or just even, like. I, it, it should have been a red. Like it should have been a red by today's standards. But I, I, it, I could have, I'd have been okay with it if it have at least booked him.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that makes it worse. Like, I mean, they did say that VAR checked it, but if, my problem with it is I can. I said on Twitter after the game, I can live with the ref followed the ball, saw the chance, and just didn't really see how bad the tackle was and the ref got it wrong. And even then, it should be a yellow. Just because it was a late tackle, 25 yards out, on a good break. But to then get to watch it from several angles and decide that, nah, it was fine. It was just, like, it is a, if Tyler Roberts' leg was planted, he'd have broke his leg. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He absolutely would have broke his leg. And then it was just, that it wasn't just the lack of a decision. Like, the commentators watched it five, six times and barely mentioned it. When they went to half-time, I remain convinced that that the pundits on, uh, it, it was Prime, was, was it? Yeah, it was the Prime one, wasn't it? That the pundits were not going to mention it at all. And I think they had a bollocking on the last break because Twitter was exploding. And they came back and talked about it for like 20 seconds. And they had a turn in the voice of, oh, yeah, it probably should have been a red, actually.
1: Because yeah, they,
0: they were so busy going on about the concussion protocols, which, by the way, yeah, important thing. But they also did a concussion sub, and that's not how you do a concussion sub. Hmm. Surely a concussion sub should be, like in rugby league, for instance, if you take a blow to the head, you go off straight away, someone comes on, and you get checked. And if you're fine, you're allowed back on. This, they checked him, said it's okay, let him keep going for 15 minutes, and then took him off for a concussion. That's, yeah. that's not how that works. So, like, literally everything about this was wrong. And I mean, you know, it was a. At first, I thought that was a shit finish from Harrison, but then when it showed the replay, it was actually quite a good save.
1: Yeah. Um, probably, I mean, should have done better with the finish anyway, but yeah, it was a good save by Ramsdale, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of really kind of took the piss with the whole concussion thing. And, and you there you go, we, this has just been put in place. Like, come on. It's, yeah. um, you know, you, you've got to question the fact that he was allowed back on the pitch at all. Because um, clearly, having come back on for five minutes, if that, he, he, he you know, just couldn't continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at this point, do we need independent doctors there to, to check I, players out.
0: I know that it would be unfeasible to do that at every level, just due to costs and stuff. But at the top level, yeah, I absolutely think that they should have someone independent for something, for stuff like this. Because at the top level, they can afford it. Uh, Jason Middleton just mentioned about to tackle, saying uh, Mark Halsey said it was like an orange card, so VAR might have said it's not a red. And that is one of the other issues with VAR. If they said it's not quite enough to overrule and say red, He's not allowed to then give a yellow. Like it, it's all or nothing with that, which is also stupid. But I mean, there's no point getting into VAR because, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, did you see the Jude Bellingham goal last night?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't seen any of the Champions League stuff.
0: Edison takes a shocking touch. Bellingham just nips it off his toe, and Edison boots Bellingham. Bellingham's through on goal, empty net, and the referee blows the whistle before he taps it in no goal, and VAR can't check it because the ball wasn't in the net yet. And it's, I mean, it's just a blatant foul on Bellingham and he gives a foul against Edison. Yeah. And, uh, from this game, mate, uh, I'm just going to mute my mic for a sec so I can cough my goods up. Who was your man at matching this one?
1: Um, I think, uh, I think in the end, I know Prime went with Stuart Dallas because he was his usual self, being everywhere, um, being a little bit biased, I'm probably leaning a bit more towards Jack Harrison. Essentially, a goal and assist from that. I thought he played really well, and I think it's one of his better performances in, I won't say in recent weeks. I know we haven't played for two weeks before this, but he, he's what you know, he's been a bit inconsistent going into this. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go Diego Llorente, Actually, I thought he was brilliant. You are still muted as well, Jack.
0: I was going to say I think that I would lean towards Dallas, but I you, before you mentioned him at the end. I was going to say the other one that deserves a shout is Diego Irente because I thought he was really good in this game. He really does seem to have sort of found his legs a bit now.
1: He really fancies himself as a box to box central defender.
0: Well, that, that suits me down to the ground
1: because <laughs> suits Bielsa as well. he he's yeah. sure, he loves that.
0: No, I'm, I'm done with these no-nonsense types at the back now. I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, Liam Cooper needs sec- to
0: pull out some Cruyff turns and quick.
1: <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, God. That, I don't need to see that. Keep doing what you're doing, Liam. You've been doing yeah. fine, mate. Just he's, actually, he's,
0: been very, he's been very good this season. It's like,
1: yeah, um, It's
0: weird that we're now in a situation where we legitimately have four centre-backs and I'm happy with all of them. And that's not even including Berardi.
1: Or yeah, Cresswell or anyone. Yeah, I mean, Strike obviously was was dropped back to the bench for this one with Liam Cooper coming back in after his um, sickness.
0: Yeah, which it's it, fair enough His for
1: unconfirmed sickness.
0: It's absolutely fair for Cooper to come back in. He's been really good this season and he's the captain and he's more experienced and all that stuff. But it is harsh on Straub. because he's he did not deserve to be dropped. It's just one of those things.
1: No, I, I think we've... we've We've been banging the drum for a couple of months now about Pascal striking how good he's been this season, but um, yeah, after, you know, since I think since about January, I think Liam Cooper's really, really found his, his legs at this level, mm. and Urente is just growing in confidence more and more with each passing week as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, there's only one major bit of news after the game before we get into the City <laughs> game again. Uh, leaders' accounts came out. Uh, well, we all said that we wanted them. This, this was the year we did, and it wasn't just us, you know, it was all over the place. Everyone's saying, if we can keep the Elsa, this is the year we've got to just chance it. And then if it do not work, we have to sell everyone and rebuild. I, I, so, believe the te-
1: I believe the technical term is shite or bust.
0: Yeah, shite or bust indeed. Uh, and in this, I, I always think shite or bust is a weird thing because if it's shite or you're going to bust, that means that the good thing is shite. <laughs> uh
1: but I've, we, I watched Leeds for a lot for a long time now, and that's very much been the sentiment of the season. Shite and bust.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think it, it doesn't look as if it had made us go bust, but we did lose a fair bit of money. In the promotion season, Leeds lost 64 million quid despite having the biggest revenues in championship history without parachute payments.
1: Yes. Uh so we have thrown some money at that.
0: Yeah, we, well, we have, but we, that's the thing. We didn't actually, re- it's not like we chucked a load of money at it. It's just that having a competitive squad in the championship costs more than a championship club is going to make without parachute permits. The system's completely fucked.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, most, most of that realistically is down to, a lot of that is obviously wages more than than anything else. That's
0: on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, there was a 20 million in bonus payments for us getting promoted. Nice. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Some very rich players.
0: Yeah. Ah, they barely made a dent in Bamford.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's um, just chucked it on the pile.
0: The other thing that was in the accounts, uh, got off of Kevin McGuire's Twitter, uh, apparently us staying up this season leads to a further 35 million in bonuses. The difference is, though, as a percentage, that 35 million is way less than the 20. Yeah. As a percentage of revenue. Because I, I think it came out that basically in the promotion season, our outgoing on wages because of the bonuses and stuff was 145 quid for every 100 quid of revenue. Yeah. Which is always a good number. It's, I mean,
1: it's better than Reading.
0: Yeah, was... weren't they like 212 or something? And Kenneth, kind of that's 17th.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot. But I think we looked at their team their team photo one day, and it was this. And I don't know if they included like the under 18s as well, but it was massive.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> And like five goalkeepers.
0: Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, but as I say Leeds, we'd been dying from for someone to just go. No, don't sell everyone. Just let's have a real go. And it worked. Because I've seen... A lot, there's been a lot of people looking at those finances and going, oh, so Leeds just went through it and got lucky. You know, they'd have been knackered. They'd have been points deductions, all of that stuff. Leeds were not going to fail FFP based on that. Like, you know, you take out the bonus things. There was a lot of leeway given for COVID because obviously we lost money on that and things mm-hmm. like that. Now, if we wouldn't have gone up, we would have been screwed in football terms because we'd have lost Bielsa, we'd have lost Calvin Phillips. I reckon... We'd have probably lost Luke Ayling We how good a season he'd had. You know, there's no way we'd have kept Melia. We'd have probably managed to get rid of Kiko, which would have been good. Uh but we you know, we'd have lost a load of players. But we would have been the club as it as a whole would have survived. But football terms we might not have recovered if we wouldn't have gone up that season. So it's a really good job we did.
1: Yeah. Um it's always interesting going through the accounts because there's always little bits and pieces you you pick out, obviously. Um is it Kieran Maguire that does price of football? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, he's he's a great guy to to go to and follow him on, on Twitter. Um but yeah, the, the, there's obviously a few bits in there as well. I think it kind of we also had to make the payment to the football league to for the oh, yeah. rebate for Premier League football losses last year. It's but not a sorry, a re well yeah, it's not even a refund because they didn't give us like we were paying for something we didn't even have yet.
0: Yeah, uh you have to pay all this money for this thing you don't have or bad things will happen. That's a mafia protection racket.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and to be fair, it, it you know, it, it's it's all well, I'll say to be fair, it was sort of levied on all three promoted teams. Like mm-hmm. welcome to the Premier League. Give us some money. <laughs> Like, you yeah, meant to give
0: us money yeah just give us some of that back yeah it was a I'm just glad that we went for it and it's great to, it's great to see us up but as it, it just puts in real terms that the amount basically how screwed the championship is just as a league like you are not going to get promoted unless you spend beyond your means if you haven't got parachute payments there's no one who's got there's no team aside from like you know what even with how brilliant they've been this season how low their squad budget is and everything i bet Barnsley is spending more than 100 quid per 100 in hmm. and there they seem to be being run really well and really sensibly and it, that that league is just that league is too big for the income level it is like what
1: yeah you know,
0: you're getting like a couple of million a year in tv revenue and it needs to be getting 20 or 30 to, to work
1: i mean just just looking through th- through the transfers and I, and you kind of have to say transfers loosely because for the first team there was only really held the costa who yeah. who was who was going to be a permanent sign oh he was on loan yeah, but so, like it so, was agreed as
0: sort of five, 15 million, 3 million a year for five years.
1: Yeah. Um, so Helda Costa would have probably cost us. I mean, between him, Jack Harris, and Ben White, uh, Eddie and Ketcher, and John Kevin there's there's probably a few million in there in sort of loan fees and things like that. But there's no direct outlays on players there for that season that's going to go above, you know, for, we're not signing anyone for, for even reasonable prices of like three, four million or anything like that. It's all, it's all just going to in basic loan fee. So, you know, when yeah. you look back now, that's keeping costs as low as you can whilst supplementing your squad.
0: Yeah. And that leads to losing 60 odd million. So yeah. if you do it even more going for it, you're losing 80 or 90 if you get promoted.
1: Yeah. I should think, have, we should have had the stadium valued. That's, that's a great way to do it.
0: Well, I think you could move it brick by brick to Derby, and the costs involved, would still you'd still make 30 <laughs> or £40 million. Although he's sold, he's sold them, hasn't he?
1: Yes.
0: Uh, they've, they've gone and Ipswich have been sold as well. So, I don't know what Derby are going to do now, because they're still in the hole that they're in, just with new owners, and now they don't have the guy who's really good at finding loopholes anymore. <laughs> So I can only assume it's going to get worse. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things that can go worse, uh, Leeds are away at Man City on Saturday. (sighs) Oh, God. Uh, Leeds at Ellen Road drew 1-1 with Man City in what is one of the best games of football I have ever watched in my entire life. Because... Mm -hmm. Both teams just completely went for it, and it was brilliant. There was a giant hole in the middle of midfield with no one studying it from either team. It was mental.
1: Just uh, every every 90 seconds, there was just a team breaking through the yeah. middle of the park,
0: <laughs> yeah, and four was,
1: defenders took it out, oh, for Christ's sake.
0: Yeah, if, if all your chances are on the counter-attack, you don't expect all the other teams' chances to also be on the counter-attack, <laughs> but that is the way it worked. Um, oh, PSG have just gone 1-0 up in Bayern and Bappe after two and a half minutes uh, Shock Horror, he scored because he's quite good um, And uh, Man City have a fair few players who are quite good Although there might rest a few for this game Because obviously they played Dortmund last night in Champions League And then they played Dortmund again the following midweek So you'd think that they will rotate a few So we might get away with like no De Bruyne So they might have to just settle for like I don't know playing third in middle with Gundogan.
1: I, I mean, I was going to say they had Aguero and Jesus on the bench.
0: Well, Aguero so doesn't they... get Aguero doesn't get in their first eleven anymore, so he's definitely starting.
1: Yeah, and that terrifies me. Yeah, because um... he's still dead good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm hoping it'll be like some of the children that were on the bench last night for them that the start. That would be nice.
0: Yeah, it would be nice if they could play some, a load of the kids, but their kids but, are probably brilliant.
1: Now put Scott Carson in goal. That would be nice. Yeah.
0: Jason it <laughs> again. Lol, City's second 11 is so poor. Yeah, you're right, they're terrible. Uh, I mean, you know, we can just look at the wings and go, well, you know, may- maybe they'll have to settle for playing Bernardo Silva in this one.
1: Well, I think... This squad, this Man City squad, is also set to become the first ever billion-pound squad in terms of cost to assemble it.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, I think that they're not far off that at this point. So, um, yeah, it's had a couple of quid behind it to to boost it from the Mark Hughes days.
0: Yeah, so um, they'll play. They generally play roughly a four-three-three, quite often without a proper like out-and-out number nine, which uh as... But in this one, I think they will because I expect Aguero to start. Uh, There's no point, really. There's nothing tactically to say. They're just fucking brilliant. Uh, They're so good to watch. They, On paper, I'd look at them and I still think they should win the Champions League every year. Like They're just just that good.
1: Well, I think that's what we've been doing with the predictions. Uh, Certainly, I have for the last few years. I think my argument has been, Look at that team. It's got to win it at some point.
0: Yeah, I think I predicted it as well, because I said I'm just going to pick them to win the Champions League every year until they do. Uh, like Maybe, I'm just trying to think like what we could potentially get at. Like Fernandinho hasn't been playing as much because Rodri does, so he'll probably come in and he's not got the legs he used to, but he's still got quite a lot of legs and he's still <laughs> one of the best defensive midfielders going. He just happens to be 35 now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... Nathan Ake was on the bench.
0: He... Oh yeah, that's true. Like I mean, they like Diaz and Stones might not play, he might rest them. So you know what they're going to do? Play Nathan Ake and Aymeric Laporte.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two international central defenders.
0: I mean, they're both they're both left footed, so I think that one of Stones or Diaz will play alongside Ake or Laporte. But you know they're both really good. Uh, Benjamin Mendy didn't play in the Champions League, so he'll probably play left wing back. And I would back Rafinha against him, not chasing back, because <laughs> Mendy will tear us up the pitch and he's a real danger. But if we can get Rafinha on the ball and they play Benjamin Mendy, that is one actual area where I think we can get at them.
1: What's their their right hand side likely to be? Re- Re- would there be uh, Mares on the right?
0: Um, Mares it'll be one of Mahrez or Bernardo Silva, I would think.
1: And they're going to be up unless, against Alioski, unless,
0: unless Bernardo Silva moves into the middle because De Bruyne isn't playing, and then it might also be Foden.
1: So any of those three are likely to be up against Alioski.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to go well.
1: <laughs> and no Jack Harrison.
0: No, Jack Harrison, and that is that is an interesting thing to think about because I do keep forgetting that actually because he is our player at this point, basically. <laughs> he's been here for three years.
1: It's like common law. Lead... We've just had him long enough at this yeah. point to to claim ownership.
0: Yeah, so I just keep uh, forgetting about that. So who do you reckon comes in?
1: I I think it'll be a straight swap, and Helder Costa comes in. I can't. I don't see him reshuffling because I think he's. Pretty settled on Dallas at centre mid for the time being. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, because at Ellen Road it was Dallas left back, Alyoski left wing, wasn't it?
1: Yes. That's one of the few times we actually see Alyoski in midfield in sort of recent times.
0: Yeah, I actually think we've seen him centre mid for longer than we have at, in more games than we have at left wing. Because I think he's played like two lots of ten minutes
1: <laughs> in yeah. middle and midfield. The 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 only other thing I could think would be is if he chooses to bring Click back in. And play him and Roberts and move Dallas to left back again. But
0: yeah, and then and then pitch Alioski. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. But I agree, I think it will just be Helder Costa. I would love to just say fuck it and play of Somerville. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. And nor should it, really, but I'd love that to happen.
1: <laughs> Baptism of fire. Go on, lad. Off you go. You've been turning <laughs> everyone in training inside out. There's Man City. Have at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Middleton's right. Just saying they should just let us play Jack Harrison. That's not fair. Yeah, you're right. They should. Arsene Wenger let us play Jermaine Pennant.
1: That's because he knew how shit we were.
0: (laughs) And how how not great Jermaine Pennant was.
1: I mean, Jermaine Pennant, like... I was going to say
0: shit, but then he got much better and went to Liverpool and actually improved quite a lot.
1: I... Well obviously I was a kid, so I'm never entirely sure how shit Jermaine Pennant was. I always liked him because he was like the ray of hope on the wing, because he was a bit quick. I was like, look at him though, he's faster than everyone else at least. (laughs) I don't know if his crossing was any good, but um, yeah. I mean, I suppose Wenger had the last laugh in that one when Eddie Gray Gray decides to have his defend with the the high line against Thierry Henry.
0: Yeah, Set on the halfway line with Stephen Caldwell
1: <laughs> I think Lucas Radaby was centre mid that day as well
0: yeah um, other than Costa for Harrison which is enforced unless there's any injuries can you see any other changes
1: no like I said he, he, he seems you know Clickhouse been available for the last couple of games but he seems pretty set on, on Roberts and, and Dallas as a centre mid seems so fairly happy with how that's going so I can't see that changing Mm. Um, no, nah, I, I don't even see Rodrigo starting this one
0: Now, that was one of his more effective uh, games, wasn't it? As well, when he came off the bench against him at home uh, It would, like, if they, again, he won't do it And I don't think he's anywhere near disciplined with the pressing But there's part of me wants to go, just play Rodrigo wide, let's see if it'll work Because we're going to, look, We I know that we got the point, Elmer, but We're going to lose this anyway in all likelihood. So it makes me just think, ah, fuck it. Go for it. Like, if if we... This game could be (laughs) 9-2. Because they're so good going forward that you never know what's going to happen. And if we're going to properly go for it, it only takes a few misplaced passes and you're in real trouble. So I'm sort of trying to make my peace early and just say, look, this could go really badly. And if we get hammered in this game, I am absolutely fine with that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that city team when we played them at the start of the season, they they were struggling to kill games off at that point. They were still struggling yeah. for goals. And well, now... this was
0: this was Man City who were in like thirteenth, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Sterling was was playing as a striker at this point, I think.
0: I can't actually I think that they switched, which is why I'm confused. I think both Sterling and Mares played as the nine against us at times.
1: Yeah. But but now you've got the city team where there's not one out and out goal scorer but there is lots of players with quite a few goals
0: yeah
1: and uh when, when uh, you're
0: yeah,
1: you, when, brilliant when your central midfield is your biggest goal scoring threat constantly at the moment it's uh it's alarming when you look at the the people he's breaking past to get those goals uh yeah, gundawen's um, Gundogan's gundawen's
0: 16 are not
1: they? His goal scoring for him this season it's, it's ridiculous
0: like, I've always really rated Gundogan. I've always thought he was a great player, but i I'd never thought he'd get this many goals.
1: Yeah, and I suppose with the players around him, you never thought he'd have to.
0: That's also true. You didn't. I, did, I didn't expect that. But, uh, you know, with the rate of improvement, by the end of next season, Stuart Dallas is basically going to be Ilkay Gundogan.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so hopefully he gets himself sixteen to eighteen goals next season, then that'd
0: be quite nice. Yeah, that'd be useful. As yeah. he keeps Rodrigo de Paul out of the team. <laughs> um well I don't think that there is anything else that we need to get into ahead of the game. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this game. I, that is it none of the games really have any pressure now because I think mean, what are we, what are we now on points? Forty two from 30, from thirty games?
1: Yeah, I mean we're nearly clear of follow.
0: Yeah. I, I think it is now it is now almost impossible. I think we're like 16 points clear and they've got they've only got 7 games left. So like it really it really is one of them of just do as well as you can hopefully can sneak into the top half but yeah, it's, it's not, not it's, it's not an it, issue if
1: we don't. It's, it's not the run of games you wanted to try and secure a, a top half spot is Man City Liverpool, Man United.
0: I'm absolutely fine with his run of games as a run of games to try and secure a top-half spot. At the start of the season, I looked at this and went, that is not a run of games you want in a relegation battle. <laughs>
1: That's very true. So,
0: so to be safe before we get to these games is brilliant. That's why the Sheffield United win was so important, because you, as much as it shouldn't be, and we were already safe, but you win that, you get to 42 points, and now you can go into three games against three really good sides and just go, ah, go out there, play some good stuff. If we get beat, we get beat. Uh, obviously, that'll change when the game starts because it always does. Yeah.
1: I, but I, um, I, I do find that when we lose these games, I, I can move on from it very quickly afterwards for the most yeah. part. Um, like Yeah. Because yeah. you- if nothing else, especially now that we're in, in the position that we're in, if Man City decide to absolutely turn it on, at least you've watched someone play some nice football.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like yeah. when that happened to us in the championship, it wasn't as if you were going, Christ, this Brentford team, it's like peak Barcelona. It...
0: <laughs> no, Whereas
1: where, where with Pep in charge, it pretty much is. Yeah. Well, I, that should do us.
0: Uh, we, we, I was going to say, I don't know when I'll next see you, but I'll see you on Friday because we're making our golf comeback.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's going to go so badly.
1: Oh, terribly.
0: <laughs> and speaking we're of shit things, as it is. <laughs> and if you want to see other things we're shit at, like, you know, all the versions of this podcast or the things that we write, you can go to Mighty Wax Pod on Twitter. You can go to at THIU at all LUFC on Twitter, which is through it all together, which is where the stuff we write goes out. Um, I think that that is us done for episode 114, so I've been Jack, see ya.
1: I've been mean, Casey, have a good one.